come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my world. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi. And welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your polter guide, Kinsey. I'm your polter guide, Debbie. I'm your polter guide, Donna. I'm your polter guide, Adrian. I'm your polter guide, Mac. It's been a minute, gang. So, we're back! We're back. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. (laughs) You could say, 27 years. You could say that. It'd be wrong, but you could say it. Fundamentally mathematically (laughs) inaccurate, yes. Dun, dun, dun! Okay, that's all I just wanted to do. You're going home now. <laughs> I'm done. Bye, gang. So we watched a movie. We did watch a movie. We watched It Chapter 2. So, yeah. I, I kind of heard a tail end of y'all's discussion when y'all came in. Mm-hmm. So should we go around? Yeah, did you yeah. like it? Did you not like it? Sure. Uh, I, I liked it. It was not as good as the first one. Um, that's all I will say right now. We will talk more about this later. <laughs> Um, same. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot, um, but the first one was better. Bill Hader's fantastic. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I, while watching it, really, really enjoyed it. Except at some point I was like, fuck, what year is it? How long have I been in this theater? Um, And I think there were some fundamental issues with the storytelling devices. (laughs) Um... That wouldn't like the further away I get from it, the more I'm like, ooh, that wasn't great. And so I think structurally and just like quality wise, the first one was probably what better. But I really enjoyed this one, despite everything. So I'm gonna go with yeah. Right. Keep your expectations in check. But yeah, I liked it. I liked parts of it, but I don't think the movie's very good. Okay, okay. Kenzie. I liked it. I, I had fun with it. Uh, I do agree it's not as good as the first one, but I also, the source material, it's kind of hard to translate that, so. I think the book kind of runs out of steam by the end. Yeah, but the book has the power of it still being the Spoiler parallel. territory. Not yet. Oh, okay. Of still, <laughs> still, of still having that parallel story structure. Right. So it's still got the stronger story of the kids. <laughs> At the same time, so... But it's interesting, with Just the Kids, I think Just the Kids makes a stronger contained story because it's scarier and it doesn't end with a poorly animated spider as every filmed version of this story does otherwise. Fair. Uh, When I was talking about this movie afterwards, um, I think that the second part of the film is very similar to the first part of the film in that they're both kind of coming of age stories. And uh, I like that they leaned into it here, but um, yeah, they, like they did a better job of that with the kids, mm-hmm. um, which you can sort of like, I think part of the problem is, is that when you're reading the book and it is the parallel storytelling, it's not annoying that the adults don't remember because you're getting the stuff at the same time as the kids. That's true. But the way that they chose to do this movie, you've gone through the first movie, and then you're having to deal with these characters not remembering and or re-remembering that in the second half of the movie, or in the second part. 
And so it's just like, no, we know that. I get that you don't know that right now, but we know that. Can we just get on with it? Yeah, fair. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're going to be heading into spoiler territory like super fast, everybody. And for those of you that don't know what It Chapter 2 is about, uh, our good, good buddies at IMDb, even though Mac's feud is still going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they did. <laughs> I think it was about Derry's charming town pet um, being hunted down and, you know, murdered. I thought it was the origin story for Bozo the Clown. Yes, it was that. So it was that one. I think it was a bunch of people who wanted to ignore they were married for a weekend. <laughs> Some, rightly so. I'm not taking away Beverly's need yeah. to get out of that toxic situation. <laughs> yeah. But every like other... Eddie a little slack, too. No. You don't think so? No, I think I think Eddie's wife is one of the more maligned creatures in this movie. Given Eddie, that we know nothing about her except that I she calls don't... her husband on the phone. And, and that and she's fat. No, dude, that phone call. I wanted to drive a fucking screwdriver into... Like, I would... I would crash my car on purpose if somebody were on the phone talking to me the way she was talking to him. Okay, well. I was okay until she called back. Like, I was like, I, I was, yeah. it was when she called back, you didn't say it this way. Um, That's uh, their, their relationship may not have been the healthiest, but I, I don't think his death wish was quite earned. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So IMDb says, 27 years after their first encounter with the terrifying Pennywise, the Losers Club have grown up and moved away until a devastating phone call brings them back. Thanks a lot, Mike. <laughs> okay. Devastating uh, phone call. Devastating phone call. I want to jump right into the way the, the, the movie started. Because mm. it starts with a brutal attack on a young gay couple. Actually, not that young. Um, and one of They're them, in their 20s. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're not 16. I mean... So they're, you know, they're an adult. They're a young adult. They're not an elderly gay couple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're attacked. They're, um, there's uh, some slurs used, and one of them is eventually uh, killed and dumped in a river. Well, dumped in a river and then killed. And then killed. And, but not to take away the brutality yes. of the attack yeah. depicted. I think um, dumped in the river and then killed is actually a little bit more brutal. Oh, I agree. <laughs> so... And I do want to say that that scene was straight out of the book. Yes. Straight out of the book. However... Kind the, of. In the book, Adrian didn't have a boyfriend. Yeah, he did. Did he? Yeah. Oh, I forgot that part. Because so uh, all of the, the boyfriend is who we kind of follow his perspective on, because he has all these thoughts about Adrian and his like, ambitions to write like, oh, what might be a bad book. And that's right, what right, it, right, right. Because it's all taken from the, uh, uh, the interrogation of him later. Yeah. It's like, there was this clown. They're like, okay. And then my you're parents right, like, you're right. I remember clown, that. you say. So, but it is um, like the opening scene of the book. So yeah. I read it 87 years it, ago. So, <laughs> my point being. Um, Sorry. That's okay. Uh, so Stephen King wrote this pretty much as it was on in the movie. Um, but also, Stephen King wrote this in what, 1986? Yeah. 1986? Mm-hmm. Well, it was published in 86, so I'm assuming mid Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, what's good and appropriate behavior has changed a lot since 1986 and I feel like they could have done better with that scene. I feel like they could have done almost anything to it to make it be less of a let's just kill a gay couple for fun. I 
slightly disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of the places where I think the movie was being ambitious, mm-hmm. and then where I think it maybe dropped the ball a little bit. And I almost wish that they had picked it back up, because I think this could have been really interesting. Um, we are definitely sliding straight into... Straight into, into Spoiler uh, We're there. We're there. Um, the way... So this movie... So it has always been a little bit about sexuality. Mm-hmm. Like when you the the source material has the the fucking orgy in the sewers, whatever. Um, but so this movie opening up with the the Adrian scene, and then um, sort of did the book open up with Adrian Mellon? I'm having a hard time remembering. Yeah, it did. or did it, it open did. up with Georgie? It opened up with Adrian, I think. Yeah, because it's giving you a little bit yeah. about dairy because it's like dairy today. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's that... That's what I thought. Yeah. I mm-hmm. couldn't remember 100%. But. I know. Whenever I was younger, I got my mom to read this book to me after the miniseries came out. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that she got that far. Like, she was reading it and then she read Adrian's name and it's like she remembered everything that was going mm-hmm. to happen. And then she was like... What the fuck have I agreed to do? <laughs> and so there was some heavy on-the-fly editing to that scene when I originally heard it. Um, but and then the reveal of Richie Tozier um, at the end, I th- I feel like that's the sexuality and the queerness of of the characters and of it and of sexuality in general is something that they were trying to approach and deal with in this movie. So you're, you're on the side that, uh, uh, Richie Tozier was closeted gay. I don't think there's a way to read this movie outside of that. I've, I've heard other people say that it's implied and but not explicit. I don't understand that. I, I didn't see it at all. That's, that's fascinating. I totally saw it. Like even before, um, even before they like had the thing at the end, I was like, like in particular, I can't really remember anything in the first movie that stood out to me because they all just seemed like affectionate childhood friends. But when they were shooting this, or when they were showing us the scene in the clubhouse, and Richie and Eddie are on the hammock, and Eddie's just like putting his feet in Richie's face and like knocking his glasses off, and Richie is letting him, I was like. Oh, this Richie's. I, there's something here. That's implied, but the scene in the movie theater mm-hmm. and then Pennywise hectoring him about his dirty little secret. Yeah, especially because they already revealed the secret that it is in the book. What? In the book, it said he doesn't write his own material, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but in the movie, uh, yeah. they they throw that out right at the beginning in the right. Chinese restaurant scene, and so I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I guess we're not doing that now. And then they get to Paul Bunyan, and he's doing mm-hmm. his thing, and or yeah, and and then he's like, "You let's play truth yeah. or dare," but you wouldn't want anybody to choose truth. And I'm like, "Huh? Why is that exactly, Pennywise? Because we already know the secret. What well, other secret does Richie have?" But the the exchange he has with the other kid in in the movie mm-hmm. theater that that run because that's and then the scene immediately thereafter is Pennywise, "Your dirty little secret, dirty little secret." I, I don't see any other way to read that. Okay, other tell me what the scene in the movie theater was. Okay, the scene in the movie theater, he's playing Street Fighter Two with a kid. Uh huh. The kid says, "Hey, you're pretty good." And then the kid is uh, and so. The yeah. scene in the arcade. The, the, it's the, the arcade. The, movie the, lo- the lobby yeah. of the movie okay. theater with the arcade games. Yeah. Okay. Now we have communicated. Yeah. Okay. All right. And, and and so he but he wants the kid to stay and keep playing with him and then mm-hmm. uh, Bowers Bauer shows up and. Uh, Gay bashes him, 
and that sends him running. Like, they, not only does it send him running, Richie, sh- like, Richie yeah. fucking trash mouth Tozier shuts the fuck up yeah. and backs away. And, like, the fact that he shut up, that he didn't say a fucking thing to Bowers, mm-hmm. he just left the theater. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and he'd been, but, up until that point, very mouthy with Bowers, even, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but, yeah. That's not to say other people aren't having the read that you are, Donna, that mm-hmm. it's not explicit that he, that, that he is... Yeah, I read the one uh, on the Kinsey scale for lack of a better term. I read the uh, the the arcade scene as, um, I mean that's just that's just a slur you throw out to a to a guy that's you know not sure. But Richie's response to it, right? Yeah, it, like my my read of that scene is totally in Richie's response. Um, also. And this goes back to the first movie, and even the book a lot, too. I always felt, and I can't remember his name, the dead kid that comes back. Uh, uh, Hockstetter. Hockstetter, yeah. 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 Um, Bowers, and say his name again? Hockstetter. Hockstetter, thank you. Bowers and Hockstetter always felt to me in the book and in the movie, too, a little bit mm, strange. Like they're related, not like not strange. I think Hockstetter had a thing for Bowers. I think Hockstetter too, and I think it explicitly was... did because it talked about how Hockstetter like would offer to jerk him off or something. Was that was in the that was in the book? Yeah, that was in yeah. the book. Like Hockstetter was clearly and 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 like. But Hockstetter was also like completely sociopathic. Like, yes. That is okay, so Hockstetter. Okay, just so I'm caught up. Hockstetter zombie Kylo Ren we saw. Yep. Yes. Okay. Cool. That's a very good description of him. That's all yeah. I saw. And so. in, in the book, he did explicitly say things like, "Hey, I'll jerk." But but they did. He was a fucking psychopath. Yeah. Um, he killed his younger sibling and didn't understand that other people existed. Yeah. Yeah. But in the book. And in the movie, it seemed like they never really touched on that, I don't think. I don't remember. They didn't deep dive into Hawksetter at all. But they let Hawksetter be kind of weirdly sexual, I think. And so I was hoping that since they were... Like, I feel like opening with the Adrian Mellon scene and then coming in with making Richie Tozier gay um, and then bringing Hawksetter back... With Ray Bowers, I really feel like they, at some point, maybe intended to lean into this exploration of sexuality a little bit more than they did. Well, there's an hour cut of this film. Holy shit, there's a four-hour version of this film? Yeah. Fucking God! It it feels very... Yeah. For a three-hour movie, it feels over-trimmed. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it does. There so... There may be, in that hour... What I'm so mad that I really want to see that. Yeah, like, I'm angry at myself for wanting to sit through four fucking hours. It might just, be a completely different movie, though. So. Well, what I'm waiting for is the seven-hour mega cut of one and two intercut correctly, like the book. I, I feel like oh, there's somebody that's going to do that on Reddit. Well, uh, no, <laughs> I, I think Machete? Machete? Is saying it's possible. I mean, it's like a special edition. They may still do that, so... I mean, cool. the material's there. Yeah. You don't have to do it. I like how you literally just did Bill Hader's Stephen. <laughs> Stefan. Stefan, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just sitting here thinking about, I, I, you know, man, I always potty up before going to the theater because I don't want to have to go to the bathroom. And it, we, our movie was at 345, and at 5 o'clock, my bladder was the size of a basketball. <laughs> and I was sitting there going, okay, it's 5 o'clock. It's going to be about another hour. I can sit here for another hour. And um, that was incorrect. And 
<laughs> I'm just very glad that I gave up when I did instead of trying to hold out because I would have died. Jay had to go pee at one point and he was like, when do I go? And I was like, um, okay, based on my knowledge of the book, go now. <laughs> yeah. I went when uh, Bill went into the, the fun house. Because I've seen that trailer three or four times already. I don't. I feel like I missed as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I do appreciate that the stuff they put in the trailers was actually different. A little bit, yeah. Than what was in the movie, like not a lot, just a trimmed version. Yeah. Just a little. Well, and in the trailer for the, or at least the trailers I saw, the old woman stayed an old woman when she was running after Beverly, mm-hmm. yeah. and in the movie she turns into some fucking monster. Yeah. She turns into. Cut footage from Ready Player One. <laughs> okay, you want to talk about the CG? Not just yet, because I have one more thing to say about Adrian Mellon. I, I'm kind of on your view of that that it, it doesn't quite work for me because in the book, the the horrible, violent hatred toward Adrian Mellon is emblematic of the larger problem with Derry that. It is Derry, mm-hmm. and of course, in the end of the book, Derry is destroyed because it is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Where th- in this movie, there's no sense that there's anything really wrong with the town. It just it has a creature living under it, underneath it, and I thought that was a big swing and a miss. Yeah, yeah, that's what um, that's what my SO said too. Whenever he he was like, I don't understand why they needed to open with that, and I was like, well. In the book, it's a symptom. Yeah. And, like, in the book, this is why it is there. Mm-hmm. Because this town is willing to do... And I, and I had I pointed out to him, I was like, you know, the, um... Like, Pennywise isn't there when they start in right. on this stuff with Adrian. Yeah. Like, he's not there. He, there's no voice egging them on. The, like, they just do it. And... And it, it's, it's there in that scene, but it's not in the rest of the movie. There's no sense that the town is really off somehow. Yeah, that's something that I... Th- I th- and I think it's really hard to show in a movie. Like, in the book, you can... They, they... I think the miniseries did it better. That one element mm-hmm. showed Derry as a as a sick place. Yeah. See, I think part one did that better. I, uh, Where, I agree. I yeah. think whatever, kind of talking about the swing and the miss, I think yeah. part one did it better showing the town was sick with the adults. And that probably is easier to do by having the children. Yeah. You know, but you saw that. There. I think that maybe they were trying to do that with Mike I think, a little yeah. bit, but they were cutting his stuff too, mm-hmm. yeah. too hard. Like, they're showing us the same scene, but they're not. they're not giving us the information of what it right. means of what was really happening there. Yeah. I like Mike a lot more in this movie. They put him a lot more true to the book. Yeah. I like okay, so here's my one complaint mm-hmm. about making Richie Tozier gay and having him have a crush on Eddie, and that is that it makes Mike even more the guy on the outs because you've got this sort of love triangle between Ben, Beverly, and Bill. Bill S- Stephen King why do they all have names that start with B? Come <laughs> That was really hard to say just then. Well, because one of them has a stutter, and that's great fun. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And cocaine. Uh, and cocaine. Um, <laughs> so you've got that love triangle. And then by making Richie Tozier and Eddie have this um, very strong relationship, because even though Eddie doesn't seem to have ever known, like, he and, and Richie were still really, really close. Yeah. Right. Which leaves Mike... Still the outsider. Still the outsider. He doesn't have those uh, extracurricular bonds to the others like the others have. I think that works better for the character 
mm-hmm. because I think it gives him a more complete arc because he is the one he is the only one that really gets to escape Derry at the end. He has lived with it the longest, and then so what I want is the further adventures of Mike Hamlin. Like he's going around hunting <laughs> monsters, going wherever he wants to go because he can. Black Batman. Isaiah Mustafa for Batman. I'm putting that there. I back that. Yeah. I want to. I want to talk at length a little later on about the amazing acting in here. But since we brought up Mike, yeah, I would not have known that was the old Spice guy. <laughs> if, I can't go and he looks so familiar yeah. but if I did not know it was the old Spice Guy I would not have known it was the old Spice Guy I really appreciate actors that can do that yeah yeah because yeah. he really like from his mannerisms to his tone was channeling young Mike like how he was but mm-hmm. also bringing that damage of being in Derek yeah. for as long as he was that and, and, and manic he, cultness and, yeah. but it's never overwhelming he doesn't go for like oh this is my Oscar reel moment he's just Never quite a hundred percent until the end, mm-hmm. and I thought that that's awesome. Well, and it makes it feel like Mike was hiding something earlier in the movie. Yeah, like I feel like there were moments where I was like, mm, "That's weird. He's being weird right now." And right. then at the end, when you find out, "Oh no, he went down here with them, expecting them all to fucking die." It's yeah. like, "Oh, of course he did." Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think there were some there's there's some really good acting here, but also I I do think that the kids were a little bit better. And can I be a terrible person and, and complain about Jessica Chastain for just a second? I want to pretend not to hear whatever you say about the love of my life or one of them. I did not like her as Beverly. I will give you that. She like she's great. She's yeah. wonderful, and I adore her. But I'm like, there are other pretty redheads in Hollywood, man. I, I agree with that. I think the problem is with her and then with McAvoy. I'm sorry, my Debbie. You're good. I'm talking about McAvoy. He's not my... Boo. I thought he was your boo. No. Oh, okay. She saw Dark Phoenix and it was yeah. over. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think by them being names, I think yeah, that's all you're seeing is the name. Where mm-hmm. everyone else... I'll forgive your sins against Bill Hader right now. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Bill Hader, he is a name, but in certain circles. He's not like... He's not a movie star quite yet. Yeah. On his own terms. Yeah. Thank you, Mac. That. That's what I'm saying. Like, you had all these other actors that can be these characters and just be phenomenal, where then you have the McAvoys, the Chastains, where it's like, that's who I know. This is... So, that's where I'm going with that. A lot of the acting's very good. The guy playing Ben... Is pretty... Who is he? Period. End of sentence. Yes. I yeah. thought that. I wondered occasionally. Does is English a language that he speaks, or is He's he like Australian? Okay, that's why they didn't have him talking very much. Well, he has strong Julia Roberts energy. Like you know, you know why the person's in movies, but it's just a tall glass of tepid water. <laughs> Kenzie. That's what you heard was Kenzie dying. Uh, <laughs> Shots fired. With but no, Julie no, it was very pretty. But most yeah. of the time he was on screen, I was looking at him going, did they hire him because he's got 2% body fat? Right. Is that why? My thinking, they went to Chris Pratt and Chris Pratt said no. Chris Pratt would have been good casting for the chubby guy who made good. It's true. Yeah. A little on the nose, but... A little on the nose. I, I think they went out to him and he said, no, nah, I'm a big movie star. I'm, you know, there, there's a little too much wattage in that for me to shine through. Chris Chris Pratt's uh, star has kind of dimmed for me in light of some of the things that he's... Sure. 
But people go see his movies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy. It's right. Not for him. Not for him. Right. <laughs> um, I, I feel like the same thing with the guy that played Ben. There are other highly attractive people in Hollywood. You couldn't find one? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think the movie gives him much to do. No. 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 Mostly uh, he's there to be like, you, you notice me yet, Beth? Yeah. Like, Bev, Bev, I'm, I'm, I'm real pretty now. Yeah. Bev, did you see me? There was enough, one... Enough. I got skinny for you, Bev. <laughs> <laughs> there was one scene I really enjoyed because they, they had kind of done this real close-up on Bev and Bill, and Ben was in the background, mm-hmm. and you could just see him just watching. Yeah. Just watching Beverly, watching him. Well, I, thought that's, it was, I thought that was a nicely directed scene. It was a really nicely directed scene. That's one of the things that they lost from the book that I still thought was weird because they kept part of it was that Bill married Audra. And Audra barely exists in this movie. Keep going. Yeah, she barely exists in this movie, but a pretty big plot point or point of point of interest in the book was that Audra looked so much like Beverly mm-hmm. that like she could be mistaken for her. Yeah. And the miniseries didn't really dig into that either. No, no. it didn't. But, but, also, but that felt like a, a that felt if you're gonna focus on this love triangle so much, yeah. it feels like maybe point that out. Because then when Beverly kisses Bill in this movie and Bill's just totally like, oh that was weird. <laughs> Which I kinda loved. But the Audra's a plot point in this story. Mm-hmm. But they did what happened with her to Beverly in the first one. Yeah, I guess. But even then, that goes to my point that every character in this movie is is really willing to forget that they're married for yes. the, most of the run. It, it's one, like I'm not like, oh, marriage is a fundamental building block of society. But this movie is a bunch of characters who aren't don't want to be married so much so that they will go headlong into their death to no longer be married. I think Stanley wanted to be married. He I was, don't think he did. He wouldn't have gone to that bathtub if he wanted to be no, married that I much. Think, I think that's why he did. I think that Stanley went to that bathtub because he was having a nice conversation with his wife. They were having a nice night. And I think that Stanley knew he couldn't go back because he fucking liked his life. Like, that's sort of always... Like, Stanley's always been the character that doesn't really want to go on the adventure. Right. But I he was there... And now he has to. And and so he's here and he likes his life. He likes his wife. They, they're literally making plans to go to Belarus or something. Right. Um, it started with a B. It's not Belarus. It's, 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 <laughs> um, and so then when he gets the call, his options are to fucking die quietly in his bathroom in the house that he seems to like or to go to fucking Derry. And, the, and relive the worst thing that's ever happened to him. Um, uh, that's a, a a thorough recap, and I disagree with the read on it absolutely because I think it, it, Stanley is one of the most ill-served characters in this movie. Because in the book, he is confronted with his memories of all of this, and in like eldritch fashion, his brain just can't cope, and that's what causes him to take his own life. In this, he makes some sort of equation like. Well, I could go, or I could die. I will say, I didn't really like... Right, in the most violent way possible, so that my wife, this person that you say he likes, will discover me and be traumatized by forever. There's literally no way you can discover the dead body of somebody you love and not be traumatized forever, though. Correct, but in the bathtub, you're making a... He's making a point of it. He could have... 
driven off a cliff somewhere, and then the coroner said, well, we really can't show you, Mrs. Uris. Mm, okay. There, there is a way to do it and minimize that trauma. Valid point, but then I wonder if the letters would have been sent. She I don't said, like the letters. I think the letters are a bad idea. In this I movie. agree. Bad. I, bad. I, I will not disagree with yeah. that. I won't argue too much for them. Yeah. Motivate. Trying to make Stan's death rational mm-hmm. is a almost fatal flaw in this movie. I because, think they really should have leaned into the Eldritch thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, and you could have gone pure psychedelic in, in the moment he gets the call and he is just gone. He can't even think straight. And all he can do is yeah. check out. No, because, like, it, whenever... If I'm recalling correctly, because mm-hmm. uh, it has been like a minute, a minute since, like, since I read the book and saw the original, mm-hmm. or not the original, but the first part, um, he his fear, the thing that Pennywise showed to him, was basically a complete violation of his religion. Mm, yeah, yeah, like, like 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 fucked with his entire view of the world. But in the book, and very notably in the book. Um, doesn't quite translate in the audiobook, but it like the font changes when mm-hmm. he kills himself, and all you can actually see like the scrawl blood of it written on the bathroom mm-hmm. wall. That's a guy who's checked out of reality. But this yeah. guy is like, here's all my orderly notes about why I did this, honey. Be sure and send these out. <laughs> I've already addressed the envelopes for right. you. I hey. do wish that they had done that. I think that like that would have really leaned into the terror that you yeah. should feel in the movie. And see, yeah. to me, that's what the miniseries did right, the original miniseries, because he did what you did, liked. He loved his life. You could tell him and his wife loved, loved his mm-hmm. life. He gets that call, and it is a switch. Yeah. Where he's, like, reverting back, like he's, you know, doing this. Rubbing his right, ear. Rubbing his ear. Uh-huh. And he checks out. Yeah. So that, I will say, yep. that got that right. Yeah. Where is this movie wants to make his suicide make sense? And I'm like, no, I'm not there for his that. His suicide already made sense. Yeah. He could not face going back. Right. And I feel like when you're dealing with an eldritch being, that's a logical response. <laughs> Brain breakage is... Illogically logical. Yeah. 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 Um, do you want to talk about the CG? I do want to talk about CG now. Go so for it. I said yeah. my piece this will be the CG corner. Go. Yeah. Bad. Real bad. Almost <laughs> wall-to-wall bad. Real, real bad. Real, this real was a bad. big point of conversation in the after car, or in the yeah. after movie car yeah. trip home. I don't know. The bat wing sticking out of the fortune cookie and flying around. I liked that one. I okay. want to talk about that. I'll give you scene. one. <laughs> it had its moments. Like, I, I think the, the leper and the old woman, I think that was comical. Where, I know I'm, I like the stuff at the table. I like zombie Kylo Ren. And... <laughs> I, I didn't have a problem with the stuff at the end. I know I did. You, yeah. I know you I, guys did. It, it totally it like it just like with the miniseries, the, the, it was like a stop motion spider in the miniseries. Yeah. And it was just a bad CG spider in this. I'm totally checked out of fear. Like I don't fear Pennywise at the end of the movie. No. I I was telling somebody just just last night that the movie it felt like it peaked really early. Yeah. The, the, the movie in general peaked early yeah. and I remember spending a lot more time going oh oh god oh at the early part of the movie and the last part of the movie just sitting there going yeah alright what no. was the peak part for you like scariness for me it was like Paul Bunyan freaked me out more I than to, I would have thought I have to uh, step out of this for just a second and tell you I, the, the guy I was sitting next to Zeke 
Zeke. He's so great. He is so cute. We would just be sitting there, and all of a sudden he would go, what the fuck? I heard him being like, what the actual fuck? (laughs) Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. There was a moment where I was sitting there going, shit, there's other people in this theater, and then going, anyone who's brought their kid to this movie can deal with. Right, yeah, yeah. Now, to, to, to be clear on this, he is a huge Stephen King fan and a huge clown phobic. What's the word? Chloroph... I don't remember. Chlorophobia. Chlorophobia. Huge. Like, when we saw the original, because he's such a huge Stephen King, and when we, we saw the original, I had already seen it, and I went to see it again with him, and I was like, sit next to me, mm. I'll give you your trigger okay. warnings. Okay, that's him. Okay. Yeah. I remember you talking about him. Yeah. So. And, and when we, we were like, I was like, I haven't seen this one yet. So I'm going in blind. I can't help you out. <laughs> so um, we're sitting there, and, and I just keep reaching over. Are you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or there was another point where he was like, how did I let you talk me into coming to see this? Um, but if I recall correctly, she didn't. She just said, hey, I have a ticket. You coming? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that was my comment. Free ticket. It wasn't that hard. Um, but the scene where Eddie goes downstairs as a kid in the pharmacy, and there's all those... Sharps and there's the broken glass. Jesus Christ! I had so much trouble with that scene. And, uh, that's nightmare fuel. I had problems with it. And, and I was, I was like mine. crawling out of my seat, and Zeke reached over, put his hand on my arm, and went, "Are you okay?" <laughs> 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 so yeah, I think that was the moment when I was the most freaked out was yeah. when Eddie was falling down in broken glass and mm-hmm. uncapped needles. Yeah. Oh fuck that. Oof. Ugh. CGI is so bad in this movie. How bad is it? It's so bad that the CGI de-aged young Eddie Kasparek in the scene in the uh, uh, the clubhouse is the second most frightening creature in this movie. <laughs> I'm including Big Spider, Little Spider, Eyeball, Mrs. Kirsch. <laughs> And Paul Bunyan. Paul Bunyan, like, startled me at the end because he kind of goes right yeah, into the camera right, yeah. for that full 3D shot. But otherwise, I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> I, will, I will agree that the CGI was bad and that it was so bad that I noticed it, which is kind of a big deal yeah. because I tend to, like, bounce off of that real easily. Um, but I also... The, the, the conversation that I had in the car was basically like, what does a big budget horror movie look like? And the answer to that is this. 13 Ghosts. Like, the answer to what does a big budget horror movie look like is that nobody fucking knows because we don't give money to horror very often. Mm-hmm. So when we do, you have people who are like, I don't know. We can do anything. <laughs> and uh, there's just, there's no practice dealing with restraints. Um, I think. And so you end up with this, with really bad CGI. Like, there was a moment, I think, it, I, and I, it was something that Pennywise was doing. It might have been after Paul Bunyan. Um, but Pennywise is getting really close to the camera, and I kept thinking, this could be a practical effect. Uh-huh. But it's not, and it's really bad. Oh, was it where they zoomed in on his face, and then his face kind of melted a second? No, or? no, because I like I can see the reason for having yeah. CGI for that. Yeah. Um, it, there was something else where it was just like, for no reason that I could come up with, all of Pennywise looked CGI. And and I was just like, it's literally just him. Why are we not doing a camera trick here? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 
Like, you've got Bill Skarsgård, who could make his eyes go in different directions on his own. (laughs) Why are we CGI-ing all of this? Bill Skarsgård. He's real pretty when he's not Pennywise. (laughs) Did anybody uh, watch Castle Rock? That first season of I watched the first season, yeah. and I hope that you don't ask me any questions about it, because I remember almost I nothing. It. I liked it. It was like, it was Shawshank too. I had trouble Still with... Still Shawshanking. <laughs> I, I kept watching it, but there was almost nothing that caught my attention about it. I, it was a little bit of a letdown. There were parts that I liked, yeah. but he's in it. That's why. I oh, well, now up. I have to go back and pay more attention to him. He was the big central guy. Was he? Yeah, he was the kid that they locked up in the prison. Oh, yeah, 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 he was, yeah, yeah. he was. That's that's how little I remember it that I forgot. <laughs> um, oh, there's something I keep wanting to mention that I liked about this movie. The weird baby fly moth thing? Oh, the four, okay, there's two things. I'm going to say them right now so that somebody can remind me later. Fortune cookie scene and the bizarreness of things. So first off, the fortune cookie scene. I was scene. like, let's talk about the fortune cookie scene. Um... In the book, I was like, this is a weird scene. And in the TV miniseries, I was like, huh. Yeah, okay, that's about how I expected it to go. I really liked it in the movie. I did too. I liked yeah. it. Like, the, the people's reactions were so good. I love, I love Richie Tozier. I, I don't know why I always have to call him Richie Tozier. <laughs> <laughs> um, his totally deadpan, like... What the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> I just, I love how just completely jaded and like checked out he gets. I love Eddie running to the corner and fucking cowering. Um, Bill being like, there's a logical, certainly there's a logical explanation for all this. Like, I feel like you get so much character development in that scene with how each of them are responding to mm-hmm. it. And I feel like it really latched on to the absolute fucking batshitness that the book wanted to do. Um, There are a lot of moments in this movie where I feel like Stephen King is basically being like, this is how I would tell the story now if I could. Mm -hmm. Um, I really fucking like that Chinese food scene. Yeah. That one, like, as each one of them, as they're opening up, like, I, I saw that first one, the baby head thing, I'm like... I, I, yeah, what was that? I, I was Richie, and I was like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> That's straight out of the book. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, that just, that one, that got me, and yeah. It was it was great. I loved it. But still not quite as scary as CGI, young Eddie Casper, <laughs> in the clubhouse. There was, there was one close-up shot of him, like, no, that's not a human being. Get out of there, kids. Get out of there. <laughs> I had that problem, though, with all the kids. Like, I, cause oh, we yeah. noticed it with, yeah. with Ben. Like, yeah, when he's running in the high school, yeah. like, there was, like, there was a point that it's like, they... All of them, it's pretty bad. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I was wondering why they didn't just film a lot of those scenes while they were filming... They yeah. weren't necessarily 100% sure they'd get to do the second one. Really? Uh, I mean, it wasn't a yeah. guarantee. The, the movie could have tanked, and then they're like, no Now we've got all this footage of... Chapter one and done. Yeah. I guess that's a valid point, but it still seems like you've got them there. Right. Just go ahead. Like, I mean, my completely, I don't make movies. I've made one movie kind like, with friends kind of way. Like, what does that add? Like, a month of... I guess that's a lot. Yeah. And if you didn't have well, the, you didn't have the really the script generated yet, you didn't know how you were going to do the second one. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there was I think there's an article out that says that like for two million 
of the budget was used for the de-aging of the CGI. Something yeah. like that. For, think, yeah. Money. Because mm, they were because so, I feel they, like almost you, they didn't even need to do that. Like I will suspend my my yeah. like, like my disbelief for you for this because fucking kids age. It's fine. They age a lot between ten and fifteen. I right. get it. Yeah. What I think they should have done is they should have reworked the story and that all of the flashbacks to them as kids took place after the first movie. But with them age appropriate to that point in time, mm-hmm. like it's 91, 92 yeah. or something, yeah. two or three years later, they'd have to rework some of the stuff because there were actual scenes with the kids. Like, it's gone or hibernating at that point, but you can still get the. Then that would add into the Darius sick way. Right. Yeah. Because, like, also, something else that I thought was um, interesting is isn't Ben the only one who's, like, token came from a scene that Pennywise was directly involved in? Oh, this token again? Remind me. The, the, the Beverly, Great Summer, Heart, 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 whatever. Yeah, the yearbook, yearbook page. Yeah, the yearbook page. But he had already had it with him, too. He'd had it with him the whole time. He was, yeah. yeah. Um, but he only ends up in that locker. I thought it was stuck in the locker. No, he was in his wallet. Yeah, okay. He'd been in his yeah. wallet for 27 years. <laughs> yeah. No, he grabbed it out of the locker. At child Ben. Yeah. He was the child. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. He grabbed it out of the locker. Yeah. And then put it in his wallet at that point. Oh, yeah. That was, okay. But that was chronologically while the first movie was still happening. By the time they get him down anyways down the well at the end of the first movie, he already has it in his wall. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, I feel like that would have been good because then you could show Derry's, like, the the problem is Derry. This shit is happening with Derry. And then it also kind of drives this, like, if you've got this group of friends that is so good and so close, Mm -hmm. do they all really want to leave Derry? Right. Whereas if you drive these wedges between them after it is gone, you split them up after, then you've got... Right. And if you're doing this story with Richie beginning to awaken sexually, for lack of a better term, Mm -hmm. it would be make more sense as he's older because there's really not a lot of that in the there's nothing in, no element of that in the first movie and if it's him just a little more adolescent and mm-hmm. those feelings are just starting to come up and he's like oh no I'm, I'm in love with Eddie yeah. and I can't conceptualize that thought yet but that's what it is that might have worked better if they were all just a little more awkward teenagers and not spunky tweens yeah I agree with that because then it also would explain like you know you know, Richie sees, like, the Ben-Bill thing happening, and Richie's just like, I don't know, I don't get that. And then later he's like, oh, fuck, I get that. You could even start to show them forgetting a little bit, and Mike's, like, the only one remembering, like, they're 13, 15, some of them are starting to, like, their families are starting to move away, and Mike's the only one. He can start to see his damage mm-hmm. just ever so slightly grow to the point where when he's an adult, it, it's a full-formed thing. Like, he's a fucking cult leader. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he's hiding in the, in the attic. But... With Batman energy, like that—that—that's a pretty good Batcave, the the attic of that library. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Um, I had okay. You've read the book more recently than I have, and you may have too. I I, I read it right around the time the part chapter one came out. Okay, yeah. great. Um, okay, so the whole Native American ritual thing was that in the book? Way out of left field. I think there was some mention. Of Native Americans in the book, yeah. as Stephen then King is wont to do. Yeah. First place, why in 2019 are we introducing an ancient Native American ritual? I've got more. Yeah. That I have immediately forgotten. Hang on, give me a second. I was on a roll. Can I can I interject with a thought? Yes. Okay. I think 
wrongly, the rationale is it's the most condensed way to do the it mythology. Okay, that's the other thing. Yeah. The book goes so deep into the history of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best part of the book. Yeah. Uh, and, I love the chapter when it's talking about yeah. it screaming through the sky, like and it's and it the, the black spot mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff and just uh, the explosion of the the first movie talked about it a little bit yeah but, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that trying to condense all that they just said ah it's just some Native American okay. mysticism well here's my other thing after I have after I have said, I really don't think we need a Native American mysticism inserted into this movie. The other thing is, so first Mike explains that these people remember it arriving, and then we get down, down, down underneath, and he says, this has been here a million years. Does Mike say that, or does Eddie say that? No, Mike Mike does, yeah. Yeah. Which leads me to wonder, does anyone think there were Native Americans... A million. In Maine, yeah. in a million years ago, because right. no, right. because I, there weren't humans a million years ago. What the book says is it it arrived before humans, mm-hmm. and was delighted when humans cropped up because tasty morsels. Yes, mm-hmm. that's the thing the movie misses. Is yeah, yeah they show up a million years ago, and yeah, the Native Americans seeing it crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't work. Nope. Nope, nope. Um, yeah. Uh, I, that is one of my, I do not like it when, when horror decides to use Native American mythology without ever having a Native American character presence. Yes. Um, that bothers me a lot. This one had them, but not in any meaningful way. Yeah. yeah. No, they had them the token. That's yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they had them as, as scenery, like yeah. literally yeah. scenery. Yeah. These are our props. Um, oh, God. <laughs> and I don't, yeah, I don't like that. Um, and I know that Kinsey and I disagree on, like, the cultural appropriation angle, but I feel really strongly about this. No, 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 uh, no. No, cultural appropriation, I'm not, I, I'm not... Uh... See, I, I, I have looser standards for that, okay, gotcha. is my thing. And so I know we disagree on that, but I think we agree on this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you're going to have fucking Native American shit in your movie, like, put a person there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's lazily handled. Yeah. And you can attribute issues of racism to that, or just... Like, I, I'm almost tempted to say it's just... It's lazy. Bad storytelling. It's bad storytelling. It's yeah. lazy writing, and then it's a punchline because yeah. it, because we had people laugh at the whole "you stole this from Native Americans" and right. it's like this is this is not good. And we had people in our theater laugh. It's like it's not a fucking punchline. This right. is you know, and it, it's yeah. almost story like not even story, just writing injected into the movie to serve production design choices. Yeah, yeah. Because there's that container that has a very sort of native feel to it, which yeah. is totally out of left field. But then to have that, you like, oh, who, who made this? Oh, it was, the, it was the Indians. Well, and then to then have the whole thing not work. Yeah. Like, to not only not work, but to have been, like, a death vehicle yeah. for the characters. I don't know. There was there was really nothing about death that vehicle. particular plotline I liked. Yeah. And then you get into the whole trope. Oh, it's the white savior that made it work and right. and fixed it. And yeah, there's... thank you, Mister White Man. Yeah, <laughs> go for your career of writing books now. I, 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 I will. <laughs> I do agree, though. I think it is their lazy way of handling all of the 
aspect of Pennywise and what he is. I do agree with that, that it is super lazy. Whereas I think they could have just cut all that out because, like, I I got it. He came from space. Yeah, right. Cool. That's li- just... It's Eldritch Horror. That's literally all yeah. we need. Yeah, and the book fundamentally says it's not, oh, some Native American mysticism that defeats him. it. It is the turtle, the, uh, the his yeah. uh, his counterpart. Yeah. And there were hints to the turtle in chapter one. Yeah. But zilch mm-hmm. in the second movie. If they what were, are y'all talking about? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> in the book, the deep dark origins of it is he's he's just this negative energy from okay. the cosmos, All right. and he has a he has a a, a nemesis okay. that is a more positive creature. <laughs> That is just a turtle that keeps the world on its, it's back. It's the turtle that holds the world. It's literally that turtle. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, literally okay. that turtle. And 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 like the like like he said, there's there's hints of it in the first movie, but yeah. in the book too. So you like Stephen King really loves his battles between light yeah. and dark. Okay, and so it is really a story about it versus the turtle. Right, and so all this the turtle is on the side of the losers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah the turtle and the directly intercedes. At the end, okay. um, and that is why it is. Destroyed. I don't know if the turtle seeks them out or if the turtle notices that they might be capable of doing something. I think it's the second one. Okay, because okay. there's even a chapter of like the the turtle's narration where it's just sort of oblivious to mortal needs, but then it's like, oh, these kids are getting pretty close. Maybe I'll help them out. Okay, yeah, and so there's just little things that happen that sort of like. If this hadn't happened, they would have been fucking killed. Right, yeah. But it's it's a little tiny thing, just a little Nudge. tweak of luck. Yeah. And and they're okay when they really should not have been okay. Okay. Um, and you get that a lot and you see that a lot on their side with the turtle, and then you see that a lot with Ray Bowers and it. Where like little things happen with Ray. Henry. Who the fuck is Ray Bowers? I don't know. There is there is somebody that's Ray Bowers. Maybe it's Was his, his father? I don't know, but like, I feel very strongly I did not just like make that name. Henry, you're right. Henry Bowers. You see that a lot with Henry Bowers, where like little things happen, and if that little thing hadn't happened, he wouldn't have been able to do this. So, it, like, the book really feels like a constant battle between these two forces, with one of them being like, all right, now I've got the upper hand, and the other one being like, ha ha ha, but now I've unlocked this door. Right. It, it, it moves the whole story into more of a fantasy realm. Mm-hmm. And then just direct horror, and this movie is more interested in being a horror tentpole thing, and not really interested in the fantasy thing at all. I really like the dark fantasy that he does, though. Yeah, I mean that ties a lot more into the Dark Tower series. That, Pennywise that apparently does make a yeah. an appearance in the Dark Tower, series. as the turtle does. does that that whole cosmic background. Of it the, gives the you Stephen yeah, King it gives you more on the turtle and yeah. that whole basically zodiac will for a better yeah better term. So in the book, I guess is the ending. Is the way that they defeat Pennywise by saying you're just you're making him small? No. Is that a thing? Because I did not like that at all. I didn't like it at all. It just it yeah. went. It was like it was anticlimactic yep. for me, and I was like, the ending sucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can I just say real quick? I fucking like. I've been saying. You guys know I've been saying this for years. I love Stephen King. I hate his endings. That running gag in the movie. Oh, that was great. Had me. Felt like 
cracking the fuck up. Yeah. I was like, oh, Stephen, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was, but he was in on right. it. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I was like, I, I thought it was funny the first couple of times, and then by the time Stephen King actually says it, I'm like, okay, I get it. We're not right. really attaching ourselves to a good ending to this movie. Can we get there now? <laughs> I just think I would have been more interested had they gone the turtle route. Right. Oh, yeah. I would have been way more interested in that than, yeah. than what happened. I was like, ah. Well, like, you know. just and and that that would if they had gone for that aesthetic, that pure sort of unknowable quality, yeah. you could have done that with Stanley. You could have done that all throughout, and really made one of the trippier horror movies mm-hmm. that ever existed, instead of just a killer clown movie. All right, we are at an hour of recording time. I have one other thing I would love to discuss. I have one tiny thing. Okay, uh, it lies. I'll save my one tiny thing while he looks for his thing. I've got it, but you go ahead. I uh, really like. I like. I feel like Stephen King has always really wanted to marry the bizarre with horror, and I feel like this movie, for the most part, like 98% of the time, did a really good job of that. Like these, because you have like a scene in Kingdom Hospital where he, like they just like fucking sing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I feel like this this had those moments of like hum- like bizarre fucking random humor with the horror, just really fantastic. Turns out I had two things, and one of them was very quick. Uh, I once saw it eaten for a matinee, and when Peter Bogdanovich came down on the camera rig and that scene, I laughed so loud, and I guarantee you I was the only man in America who laughed when that guy came at, came down. I'm so glad you told me who that was, because I'm like, I'm supposed to know who this, this I, guy is. I sat there, I was like, <laughs> He's a fairly famous film director. He kind of was... Orson Welles' right-hand man for the last 15 or 20 years of his oh, life. Oh, okay. He did uh, yeah, yeah. The Last Picture Show and a bunch of other movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a name. He's, he's, yeah. he's a name. Um, and the other thing is, the movie theater in Derry doesn't make one goddamn bit of sense. No, and it I'll, doesn't. Let me, let me tell you why. So, Richie breaks into there looking for his token, and I'm like, hey, that that's... I feel you. I would be breaking into an abandoned movie theater to find my, you know, item. And I, I thought about, <laughs> hey, Richie Tozer's from Tulsa. Uh, not Richie Tozer. Uh, Bill Hader. Bill Hader. He's from Tulsa. I bet if he was doing any kind of method acting, he was probably thinking of, like, the Annex 7 or any of the other movie mm-hmm. theaters. I'm like, you and me, Richie. You and me. <laughs> anyway. So, the movie theater's abandoned, closed. The sign still says, like, thanks for the memories, Derry. And most of the letters are still up there. Like, it's been recently closed. Right. Maybe in the last couple of years. Yeah. He breaks in. The post on the wall. In broad daylight. In broad daylight. Like, people walking around in the background. Nobody's stopping him. Well, there's, like, already a broken part of the door. It was easy to break into. Goes in. (laughs) I know where you're going. You know where I'm going. I know exactly where you're going. The poster on the wall. You got mail. You got got mail. One of my favorite films. Don't hate me. I love it. I love it. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I am Greg Kinnear in that movie, and I will challenge anyone except for maybe Tom Hanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am Greg Kinnear. um, That movie came out. Alone read. Alone read. (laughs) Gunshot. (laughs) Yeah. That nut from the Observer. (laughs) The one who's so in love with this typewriter. Anyway, I love you guys. We could really. We should do an episode of You've Got Mail. I've been saying for a while that we need to release. um, April Fool's episodes of non-genre movies. Yeah. yeah, you've got mail was released in the winter of 1998. 
The theory being that that was the last movie that that theater showed, which actually kind of makes sense because that's right at the cusp of moving from film projection to digital projection. That theater might not have been able to keep up, but that sign would not be at the quality that it was. Okay, so I was trying to do the math. I was really annoyed that they were like 1989, and then they were like 27 years later. I'm like, just give me the fucking year. So 2016. So it'd be, is it 2016? Okay, yeah. Uh, and when Pennywise shows uh, Richie's like funeral thing, it says uh, 2016. Yeah. 1976 to 2016. You're right, it does. Yeah. Um, I was gonna because at some point I had done the math in the theater while I was also trying to pay attention to the movie. I'd come mm. up with 2006, but that's obviously fucking wrong. Mm. Um, and then Eddie was confusing me more by whenever somebody was like. It'll be another 27 years, and Eddie's like, we'll be 70 by then. And I was just like, Wait. Eddie, I'm trying to do this other math right now, and you're really throwing me off, dude. Um, so I was thinking 2006, and that would have been... Eh. 18 years after that movie was released. Okay, That yeah. movie theater would not... A, that movie theater would not be in the condition it is if it was just abandoned. B, it's a fairly happening section of dairy. Somebody else would have moved into that space in 18 years. Yeah. Not necessarily. In 18 years... In 18 years. Four or five, sure. If that was a poster for The Dark Knight Rises, I would have been like, nope, movie checks out. A couple of out. us are from Muskogee, and we think that makes perfect sense. I'm from McAllister, mm. and we have the fucking Oklahoma that is right there on the main street, and... Does the sign does the sign thanks for the memories? No, because nobody goes to the Oklahoma. Because it's it, the, nobody has moved in. Like, That's what I'm saying. If yeah. it was in worse shape, I'd be more in favor. Okay. Of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. All right. I'm fair with you on that. Yeah. For us, it's the Roxy, right? Yes, yeah. the Roxy. But is, is the Roxy in good shape? Like somebody could come in there. Yeah, the Roxy is now a going concern. Somebody did oh, end really? up moving in. Like <laughs> no, no, but after yeah. like how many years? God, it was closed, a long like, time. Was it more than eighteen? Yeah. Perhaps, yeah. Ooh, okay, 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 okay. Okay, the other question, though. It has all the arcade machines in there. Somebody didn't want to buy those arcade cabinets after thought, the movie right. theater closed? When I saw the arcade machines, I was like, there's no fucking way that Zitch. a fucking Street Fighter cabinet is still sitting in there. That would be right. item number fucking one that you sell when you're going out of business. Yeah. And the, like, if post, you've got mail, that shit sells. There is not a Street Fighter cabinet in the world sitting in some abandoned fucking arcade or movie theater or whatever. Yeah! That is, that's a fucking A-title game, motherfuckers. Okay. So, the, the movie theater most recently closed in Tulsa, the, the promenade, yeah. that, that threatened to reopen for six months and then the, the, the mall collapsed in on itself like yeah. it was an eldritch creature. Um, <laughs> Wait, did we miss an adventure? Yeah, we did a little <laughs> we bit. We did, a little bit. There's been... Half a dozen times I've walked by that theater, or like driven by that theater now, and the arcade in that theater completely cleaned out because you know what? You can make some money off those cabinets! Yeah. I'm just saying, here's my point with the the cabinets not being sold. eBay existed in the 90s, Kenzie. No, no, no! America Online sure did because they watched the whole fucking movie about that. (laughs) my, My point is... This is just showing the sickness of dairy. Oh. Oh. Some motherfucking monster just let oh. that cabinet ride. Now see, if they, but they needed to lean into that. Like, he looks at poster and you've got mail, and then suddenly, like, Meg Ryan has, like, a lobster arm coming out of her eyeball. <laughs> Dude, I was just like, so... Yeah, that was weird. I mean, just... Yeah, just... I was like, oh. <laughs> I got Meg Ryan's lobster arm. <laughs> Um, Poor Stanley's head. My point. What was the thing with Meg Ryan? Because then yeah. he even says the thing to the guy Meg Ryan wants her wig back. Hit yeah. in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of a lot of, a lot of Meg Ryan hate. Uh, I did appreciate that. Or love. Or love. Or love. Or love. Sure. Hey, you've got mail. 
Yeah. No, you got Mel. That's picture. yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah, right hey, there. That, hey. That's that that that. Right, right there. Yeah. Right there. My feels. Yeah. Right, right there. You guys are reading kind of like basic bitch soccer mom to me right now. <laughs> I love you, got Mel, and I'm not yeah. like. No, yeah. I, I, you I know. will not feel shame. Yeah. <laughs> I was delighted in that movie. I was delighted. I love it. I'm, so I'm gonna do a quick show of hands. Who was upset that we didn't have the Audra revived on the bike scene? I'm upset that Audra is a no event in the movie. Yes. I don't know if I necessarily missed Audra revived on the bike. I never thought it was a good scene. I guess I should let other people answer the question. What are we talking about again? <laughs> the scene where from Audra Audra came to Derry. Audra got zapped by the deadlights. Oh, and, and then he cycles her back to yeah. the And that's from the book too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I remember yeah. I remember us talking about this and me going. That must have gone real well in the book, but it didn't translate well to the no. Yeah. So, no, it wasn't okay. real great in the book either. Okay, I like that Audra's so. part of the story in the book and in the miniseries, mm-hmm. but yeah. I just feel like they could have removed Audra entirely. I didn't see the point in Audra even existing. That but, was my opinion, yeah. too. Is like They had her, and they clearly went... We don't see her very well because she's got the stage makeup on her, mm-hmm. right. but they clearly went through some effort to ensure that she and Beverly had the same haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I was really, and, and then they have the whole kiss where Bill does not reciprocate with Beverly, and so then I was just like, why did we have Audra here at all? Right. Like we could have just been had Bill be like, I'm married. Her name's Audra. She's in my movies. Then Peter Bogdanovich would not have been in the movie, and I would have been sad. Well, okay, Matt, <laughs> you know what? Poor man. It would, I think I would have even been okay with it if they hadn't just harped on her so long like it feels like there were so many things that were more important to the theme of the movie cut yeah that if we're not going to deal with audra have that be just a quick scene where he's like oh you don't like my movies either cut yeah. move on yep um but yeah like I, it's not that i missed the scene i just felt like they set us they set something up for her and did not deliver it yeah well, yeah, and especially because you have Bill even saying the the line, "This bike has beaten the devil." Like this bike, like they they yeah they, yeah. They, I they, thought that was his token. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's gonna be a big thing to burn. Like, I how, how are you gonna carry that down into the caves, Bill? Yeah. Did you think? <laughs> did you think about this bike? <laughs> the rest of them are getting in there. He's like, wait up, guys, <laughs> wait up, man. Come on, Silver, you better float. <laughs> uh, my one last thing that I had to talk about. And I'm sorry. I just love the thing reference with Stanley's head and yes. even even fucking yeah. Richie saying, Are you gotta be fucking kidding me? Like that whole like that little that was just that was where Peter Bogdanovich was for Mac. That was like kids. <laughs> we are here for you. Yeah, I I have to admit I thought of the thing. Uh one of the things that I, I, I liked particularly in that scene was the sort of uh the show of how the characters have changed. Like Eddie was fucking brave. In the first one, mm-hmm. and it was, it was interesting to see him, particularly in that scene, c- completely lock the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> like, like he just he he had to literally Richie had to literally remind him, no, like you did this stuff. Like who killed a killer clown before he was fourteen? That that was you. Yeah. That was you. Um, and then you have Beverly, and this is I'm sort of torn on Beverly because this is one of the reasons that I didn't really like Jessica Chastain's casting. Um, the child actress that they have for Beverly is so warm mm-hmm. and like inviting yeah. and like I want to be her friend and Jessica Chastain 
does not give off those vibes. She has a statuesque quality that's yes. distant. And that's not like a criticism of her. No. It's just that that's her energy. Yeah. yeah like yeah. The, the, like she feels mm, uh, she feels less approachable. Yeah. Like the word that keeps coming to mind to say is cold, but I don't want to say that word because yeah. it's, not, it's not right. It's not quite yeah. right and it's also often used as like an yeah. insult towards women. It's not that. She just doesn't feel approachable. And so I'm constantly torn between being like this is wrong for Beverly, or yeah. this is an interesting growth for Beverly. They feel like two different characters. Yes. Yeah. Whereas, like, maybe an Amy Adams might have had yeah. closer to young Beverly. Amy Adams would have at least had sort of a manic energy that you could see yeah. Beverly acquiring. Or, uh... What's funny is, as you mentioned Amy Adams, mm-hmm. sh- the child actress plays young, Ad- young Amy Adams in Sharp Objects. There you go. See? See? Perfect. Um, but, so, like... And then I run into the... I think this is a problem of Beverly being the only girl in the movie. Mm-hmm. Because if we had had another female character in this movie... And Audra. I'm not saying add a character, or but... Audra. Audra. If we had had Audra, and we could see Audra being... Prop, like, honestly, in that opening scene, more like Beverly was. Which would then have made a really great moment when Bill didn't reciprocate the kiss. Because Beverly is not the fucking same person she was. And the woman he married is more like she was. And then you can see how Beverly has given up the things that made her good to, like, survive in the situations that she has yeah. ended up in. I think that's what they were probably trying to do, but, but I think it... But it was sloppy done. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not... Dis- it was sloppy done, but I think that's what they were... The fact that I've gotten to this almost 24 hours after I saw the movie, like, if you want me to get something out of your movie, you need to give it to me a little bit yeah. better than that. <laughs> Wrap up? Wrap up. Were you yes. trying not to say it? I was trying not to say it. <laughs> and then what's it? We'll say it for you as you're just... <laughs> what are you trying to tell us, Donna? <laughs> I don't know. Donna, you've known me for a lot of years now, and I don't know why you think I'm going to be subtle about anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can we just all agree that uh, Bill Hader was a fucking gift in this movie? Mm-hmm. He was fantastic. I, I have... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on a, a quick tangent here. Go on a quick tangent. As as a, a a bisexual person who does not really fit into any gender norms whatsoever, I fucking loved Bill Hader's Richie Tozier. Like I liked it. I, I like how close to the chest he played it. Whenever they're like, "Are you married?" and he's like, "I tried it once," and then just like move the fuck on with the conversation. And then the reveal of him having like being in love with Eddie. I just thought that was. Like, I legitimately fucking cried in the theater. Like, you do not get to see, like, queer characters that don't fit in these molds very often. And I really, really love that they let this, that they let Bill Hader play Richie Tozier as gay. Like, this smart mouth, doesn't know how to fucking dress himself, messy hair, not shaved, fitting into zero, zero of the fucking conventions. Like, letting him be gay was really fucking amazing and I loved it and I've always kind of identified with Richie because I too know the feeling of being like I said this thing fuck (laughs) why have these words come out of my mouth is there anything I can do to take back the last five seconds um but so I've always identified with him there was a moment in the movie actually where where Jack leaned over to me and he went I have bad news and I was like what and he goes I'm Eddie and you're Richie. <laughs> and I was like, 
I have no evidence against that. <laughs> I think you're right. Um, but yeah, just like, I don't know, Richie, the way that Bill Hader played Richie, like, it really, really means a lot to me in this movie. And I did not go into this movie expecting to feel that way about anything, really. The end. All right. Pig agrees. Yeah. She's concurring with you. <laughs> She's like, me too. Me too. So do we have a rule? We do have a rule. Uh, I decided on. Uh, we Well, we have the, the honorable mention one, too. Uh, because our rule is trust your friends, but we also wanted to do an honorable mention. I think it was the equivalent of Double Tap. Is that right? Or was it just show up for the reunion? Just show up for the reunion. That's it. That's yeah. it. And yeah. if the choice is die in your bathtub or show up to the reunion, just go to the reunion. Yeah. <laughs> go to the reunion and trust your friends. Just, and yeah. I get it. Don't go. You don't want to go to the reunion. But if you've gotten to that, you know, false dichotomy sort of thinking, go to the reunion. Can I say one more thing? Go for it. Back on the movie. The storyline, like the, the, the narrative devices they used were really bad. I did not like the MacGuffin search. It made no fucking sense. Like the reasoning for splitting up the characters was dumb. Yeah. Um, a lot of the things that they were doing, that the storyline was telling them to do, was super fucking dumb. It was, it was trying to add some kind of singular story structure to this that, that half of the story mm-hmm. when it doesn't really exist. Exactly. I just wanted to throw that out there, because I feel like it needs to be mentioned, at least, that I liked a lot of what they were doing in spite of their best efforts. <laughs> the movie, ultimately, I think, feels like a bunch of really great ingredients that never quite got cooked. Yes. It's a bag of groceries. Yeah. It's not a meal. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. Sorry. That's but the right. rule, I think Trust Your Friends is really good. Yeah, and I like the Just Show Up, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And and Double Tap, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> or just, I, I didn't necessarily Double Tap, just check. Like, just be like, I killed it! <laughs> yeah. don't, don't turn your back. Yeah. yeah. I really like kept hoping against hope that they would get him out somehow. Yeah. yeah. And I almost feel like they would have been able to get away with it with all of the um the ending sucks. Everybody wants a happy ending. Like I'm like, but you you gave us this this you you hung this lampshade. Just turn on the light. <laughs> Alright, and our poll, we've got it's it's a two part one. Essentially the same question. Yeah. For different times in your life. Yeah. Uh, but my side of it is how would Pennywise have been able to lure you? And my half of it is if we, the your poltergeists, did the ritual of Chud, what would Pennywise show you to distract you? Because in this one, he he almost he doesn't zero in on a fear necessarily, but like a central injury to each character. Mm-hmm. So tell us your central in- injury. <laughs> Welcome to the Ginger Snaps episode, part really? two. <laughs> if we're going at that age being, uh, at that age, you know, 11, 12-ish, uh, mine is when my grandfather, my doc, passed away when I was 11, and he would have, he showed me doc at now as a grown-ass woman, as I'm talking about, I'm kind of tearing up. Um, You're welcome. Thanks, Mac. Uh, it would be that, showing me him. I would be Debbie checked Toucher. out. Debbie Toucher. <laughs> she needs you in contact. I would have killed her. You just a yeah. poker, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poke. No, I would have checked the fuck out and we wouldn't have been able to do the ritual. So, so don't count on Kinsey. Yeah. Pennywise, if you're listening, buddy, that's uh, that's how you get me. 
What would he What would he have shown you as a kid to lure you down? Uh, lure me down there is just talk about movies with me <laughs> at that age. No, no, like seriously, like someone you know, not necessarily Star Wars, but like, hey, I want to talk about movies with you mm-hmm. and uh, not make you feel like a fucking third wheel. Uh, I have a feeling with, that's going to be a recurring theme around this day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with your your two other friends. Uh, at that age-appropriate time, it would be, yeah, let's talk about movies and let's uh, do that. So, yeah, that's mine. Thanks, Mac. A little, uh, <laughs> little, little catharsis here for you this morning. All right, who's next? I'm scrambling to think of my, my own answer <laughs> to my half of the question. I'll like, with mine, get it done with. Okay. Um, do you want me to hold your hand? And sure. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. compartmentalizing right now. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, Sorry, that's all right. Yeah, basically the 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 injury would be a parent threatening to leave, and it's all your fault, five year old child. Oh mm-hmm. Jesus Christ! And the luring you down would be for me. It would have been basically the fox from Milo and Otis. Oh shit! <gasps> like he would have lured me with the fox the way he used the lightning bug yeah. for the little girl. So, oh my Debbie. <laughs> I'm not sure I can tell this story. <laughs> Trust your friends, Donna. Trust okay. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. And us, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't remember how old I was, maybe, maybe 12, 13-ish, and I was so deeply upset I was going to kill myself. That was that was the plan. I was going to go. And so my folks had a uh, pistol in their closet. I knew it was there. I don't think I was supposed to know it was there. But I went and got it, and I went so far as to cocking this pistol when I suddenly decided that wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, but I didn't know how to uncock a pistol. <laughs> <laughs> I did not think this is how this story was going to end. <laughs> trigger right <laughs> and so eventually in my fairly agitated state of mind the only solution I could come up with was to fire it uh. and so I did I fired it and I remember hearing it go off and I remember wondering why nobody came to check what that loud noise was um, and then I put the pistol away and the opening of the story is making a lot more sense yeah. as you get to the end of the story <laughs> and uh, um and then I kept going back, trying to find some evidence that that had happened. Like, there was no damage to the carpet. There was no damage to the wood. There was no damage to anything. And it was like a long time later that my dad mentioned that, that it's a revolver, and he always left it on an empty chamber. <laughs> and so, um, apparently I didn't fire a bullet out of my parents' gun in their closet. <laughs> and I just... I don't understand why I heard it. And so it's something I, I think about um, with alarming frequency, right, actually. Is yeah. What the fuck actually happened <laughs> that afternoon? Huh. Pennywise. Pennywise, yes. Or the turtle, because it was the empty chamber. But, you know, the little... The little fight yeah, between the, yeah, the, little, the clown and the turtle. Yeah. So, uh, and to lure me down into the sewers, puppies and kittens. Yeah. 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 Wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> I've been sitting here for a while trying to figure out which thing to say. Right. Um, I have the suicide story. I've got the third wheel story. Uh, so I'm going to go with the other trauma, which was, uh, I think the thing that Pennywise would show me to make me stop is 
the night that my mom's boyfriend tried to kill her. Mm. Uh, and there was a really... I don't know if the thunderstorm was actually on the same night or if that's just my memory putting together two, two things. But I remember there being a really big thunderstorm. And the house that we were in had skylights. And so, like, just sitting there... And hearing all the yelling and watching the trees and the th- and the lightning through the skylight, and uh, yeah, I think that would be my my scene of this is this is how we distract you. Mm. Um, and lowering me down, I think uh, I <laughs> uh, one of the other scenes that I almost went with that Pennywise would show me was the time that a friend of mine said nobody really cares what you're talking about. Oh. And uh, I think that really it would be very easy to lure me down with somebody who's like, tell me more. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty recurrent thing. Or uh, a cute kitten would do it, too. Especially if I thought that kitten needed help. Yes. Mac, would you like to close this out, Mac? Okay. A specific event, I think. And I think that was a lot of my... I have a recurring theme. Yeah, recurring theme. Um, I, I, I would think Pennywise would probably show me... I, I remember I was a kid, and my, my dad was uh, writing... like Tinkering with writing some piece of fiction at some point. He never really did anything with it sort of outlined it and I in a curiosity looked at it and he in the opening line was there uh, this is about a married couple who have a kid but the kid cramps their style oh right oh and, and that's always illuminated that I think the only reason I exist is because a young lawyer in the 80s needed to have kids to show his firm that he was a family guy Oof. Oh, do you? I don't. You're not a hugger. I'm, 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 I'm gonna pat your arm. Pat, I'm gonna poke. I'm gonna poke. But I don't think it would work. I think he would show me that, and I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, get something new." <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, therapy exists and it's good, and you should do it. Yeah. And you work through that stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'm well adjusted, and you know, that's okay. Hmm. Uh, you're but, okay adjusted. I'm okay. I'm like that. There's damage there, but I'm like, if the damage doesn't define me, I think that's about as well adjusted as anybody gets. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Uh, what would he show me as a kid to lure me down? He would. He could not be the clown because I'd be like, because I saw the original movie. Um, a, a, a for sale sign for five dollars on the movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's that. Or uh, he he start looking like Christopher Lloyd and he'd be driving a DeLorean. I'd be like, let's go. <laughs> that's yeah. Get that going oh, yeah. up. <laughs> I'm and, in. You know, that's canon too because in the book he totally did the old movies. He did yeah. the teenage werewolf. Oh, I would. Yeah. I, I would. I, even if he was a little off, I'd be like, it's okay. Maybe Doc's just having a bad day. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little older now. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. Wandering eye. Cool. Sure. I mean, Doc's a little weird anyway, so, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's all good. We're going to have an adventure. Let's go to the 30s. I mean, yes, you will have an adventure. Yep, I will. One way or another. Yep. Can I have one more thing to add? I'm going to really need every movie in the world to acknowledge that adorable little girls exist with hair colors other than brown. Because I'm getting real tired of watching adorable little girls like mine with brown hair, like my daughter's, have terrible things happen to oh. them in movies. I thought you said something. Okay. I don't know why brown is the hair color of adorable little girls the last five years. That was rough for me, because like she was very much like my niece. And mm-hmm. I was like, ugh! She was so friendly, and she's yes. like, ooh, firefly! And also, I was like, 
I'm trying to think of a situation that would happen that Leia gets up and walks away and I just let her fucking go. So, my mother, just this week, reminded me of a story of myself about that age. I was four. Where we were at a baseball field. I think that little girl was closer to seven. Yeah. Oh, well, I was four in this story. And uh, we're at a baseball field. And I proceeded to ask all the people in the bleachers for some matches so I can make a campfire. And someone gave me said matches to make a campfire. <laughs> and my mom had, uh, uh, her name was called over the loudspeaker to say, Carla Redbird, will you please get your daughter? She's trying to make a campfire in the playground. You were four and your mom let you be in the playground alone? It's 80s, babe. I was I was in the 80s. I know, but I'm just saying. This <laughs> I was four before the Adam, well, around the time of Adam Walsh, okay? So, yeah. I was four in 86. Yeah, I was four in 82. I consistently forget that you're older than me. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I could, the wandering that didn't feel... That especially guess, with that recently that that recently I guess it feels right. We let Ada go away from us if we can still see her. Like as long as we can see her, it's fine. But if we're like in a bleacher and she gets up and walks away, I'm like, the fuck are you doing? You're five. You can't just walk away. Where are you going? No, this is not a time to go to the bathroom by yourself. You can't see the bathroom door. <laughs> as often as my nephew slips away with nine adults in the house not noticing, and he's five. Then. See, the house is different though because the house I'm like we live here it's fine Yeah. but when we're in public I almost lost her one time when she was three and I think that stuck with me <laughs> do we have a quote? We do oh have- yeah this movie is hard because it's so much like dealing with the past yeah and plus also it's hard because Richie had a lot of great quotes in this Richie every time he opens his mouth I know all right, and our quote is, let's kill this fucking clown? <laughs> I kind of really love that scene. <laughs> and the comment I made in the video is that the movie's a little unsure of itself from moment to moment, that that's sort of a mission statement for the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's kill yeah. this fucking clown? All right, and do we have anything else, gang, before we uh, close the book on uh, It Chapter 2? I want to tell you guys that on the drive over here, I was really happy that we were recording again today. <laughs> and I was just thinking about how much I really love over, like, putting way too much thought <laughs> into horror movies. Putting way too much thought into things is one of my favorite hobbies. Mm-hmm. I'll get Zeke to go to Dr. Sleep with me. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you guys for listening. We have missed you. And uh, we do appreciate all your support. Uh, we are on social media. We're, at, we're on Twitter at Beyond Cabin. And our Instagram and Facebook is Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. And we do have a webpage to get also previous episodes if you don't uh, use them off of Google or Spotify or uh, Apple. But it is beyondthecabinthewoods.com. We have a Patreon, which is Beyond the Cabin. And we have two uh, sister and brother podcasts. <laughs> One is... Let me stop you right there. I think for the moment... Beyond the Cabin in the Woods may be the only going concern that Snarkcasts has. Okay, well, then I'm going to take... Right now. I'm going to just mark that off in my note there for a second, all right? That that will change. I think a lot of the podcasters right now are having a little bit of uh, uh, millennial overwhelming. Okay, okay. (laughs) We we have agreed. We have said yes to too many things. Yes. And um, very few of them are paying us. 
Gotcha. So we also have to still do things that give us money to live. So several podcasts are on hiatus. Gotcha. All right. So what Adrian just said. Uh, uh, and we are part of the Gumby Cat Network. So meow, meow, meow. So give them a, they've got a lot of uh, different shows on there. So give them a peek as <laughs> Maybe. Well. <laughs> I, 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 I was a question mark Let's kill Just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Just make it till we make it. We'll be fine. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, and don't read the Latin. <laughs> you know what horror is. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.